Hey guys, it's Ed, and I'm coming to you live from bed rest here in Detroit. Um, you know, I got so used to saying quarantine that sometimes I have to stop myself. Um, and basically, I mean, quarantine is still kind of on in some places. It's it's much less restrictive now, um, thankfully. But um, our our brothers and sisters in Europe and other parts of the world are experiencing a COVID-19 second wave. So if we could just take a second and... Um, pray for them and pray for us because um, th- this is real. Like I've had coworkers uh, who uh, have been diagnosed. Uh, luckily, so far, um, no one that I've known has passed. But um, everyone has described how horrible it is. In <clears throat> yeah, so during my quarantine, uh, I. Obviously came back to Detroit, uh, and I was staying with my best friend and his husband. And uh, my best friend loves, loves, loves The Real Housewives. Um, And I've been trying to get him to co-host a segment with me, and so far he's been very uh, resistant to the idea. Um, But one of the things uh, with Beverly Hills was the Denise Richards takedown. And I don't care. Y'all can tell me that this was not a takedown, but you're wrong. It was most definitely a takedown. Uh, and to call it anything else, I think, is is wrong and an insult. So, basically what happened was Brandy Glanville told Kyle Richards and, um, I believe, T- Teddy Mellen- Mellencamp... That she and Denise hooked up. And this became a big plot point um, for the Housewives of Beverly Hills. And it like it destroyed friendships. Um, Lisa Renna and Denise Richards had been friends for 20 years. And now they don't even speak. So... I mean, when... You know, I don't like reality shows for this reason. Um... But when when you can actually see it happening in real life, it's very shocking. So, um, y'all know, well, maybe you don't know, but I love Denise Richards. Um, I always have. I think she's very talented is maybe not the right word, but uh, she just seems like a very genuine person. Um, and she can act, but I don't, like, she's not a Meryl Streep. Okay, let's be real. She is not Meryl Streep, y'all. Um... But, you know, when given the right material, she's very, very good. So, um, what I, I started digging because when she announced she was leaving, something didn't feel right to me. Uh, And then Andy Cohen had said that she had been in talks to return, uh, and the housewives gossip started turning that she wanted too much money to come back. Of course, she announced that it was really all about money and... Or, I'm sorry. She announced that she wasn't coming back and said it was because she wanted to spend time with her family. But yet she was overseas filming. uh, And she's filming The Bold and the Beautiful. So that seemed very... 
Um, I don't want to... It, it seemed very untruthful. Uh, I'm not saying she doesn't want to spend time with her family. Um, but using that as the reason for her departure just seemed insincere to me. So I talked to my L.A. source. And buckle up, kiddos, because we have some good stuff for you. So... When all is said and done, um, Garcelle, I don't know how to say her last name, but you all know who I'm talking about because you, I'm sure you all watch the show. Garcelle had said that if Denise doesn't come back, she wasn't coming back. Um, but from, from everything, um, that's been released and everything I'm hearing, Garcelle's coming back. So what made her change her mind? Denise asked her to. Denise specifically said, please return uh, for the new season. And I know some people are thinking that it was like some altruistic uh, motive. No. Denise has plans for a Lisa Rinna takedown. And she's getting everything in place right now uh, to make sure that it happens. Uh, and Garcelle is going to be her way of popping up on the show. And getting things done, basically. So, um, what is her ultimate plan? Uh, that's not something that we um, are fully aware of yet. But she is making moves and she is leaking um, information to the tabloids about Lisa Rinna, including the fact that Lisa Rinna does not share a home with her husband. Now, Eli viewers um, of the Real Housewives franchises are going to be like, well, we already knew that. Yes, we know you guys knew that already. But there are people like me who had no idea um, and, and truthfully, I would never have known, I would never have known this without my source, and then I started looking into it. Uh, and that's how I know that the hardcore Housewives fans know. Um, and so there's going to be, um, I think some really shocking revelations that Lisa is going to have to answer to um, when the new season starts filming. Uh, you know, because she's always the one who says, well, when you sign up to do a show like this, you have to talk about everything and blah, 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 blah. And so now her her theory, her, her belief is going to be put to the test because um, Denise is going to make sure that this is something that... Um, is talked about and exposed. Uh, And Denise isn't playing games, you you guys. Like, um, I know that there are some people who are kind of rolling their eyes like, oh, Jesus. Um, Denise was really hurt um, by these allegations, and she continues to deny them. Like, at this point, if she really screwed Brandy Glanville, there's no reason for her to continue denying it. Um, it's not going to affect her career. In fact, 
um, am I even up it? And I don't believe that it would end her marriage. Uh, and that's the other thing, like, um, her and, uh, Denise and her husband, Aaron, have engaged in threesomes. They've talked about it. Uh, they even talked about it on the show. So, um, for, for that to have been, uh, you know, a, a big story point, um, and for Brandy to claim that, um, Denise... Um, said don't tell Aaron because he'll leave me. Uh, just, it, it reeks as false. Uh, so while Denise is orchestrating her big takedown, we're going to be looking to see what happens more with the cast of Beverly Hills. Um, the big takedown of Teddy Mellencamp has already happened. Of course, it happened off camera, but... Um, it is, my source actually believes that Denise was really behind the leak that um, revealed that Teddy Mellencamp makes um, her clients uh, take pictures of their dinner and yelled at the young lady who, uh, didn't, who went on a date and didn't text a picture of her food. Um, and he said, this is very much Denise's M.O., uh, if you, if she's mad at you, or if you've pissed her off, she will take you down. And so this is, was like, oh, you know, this is the kind of soapy goodness that I need. Because you're going to wrestle some bold and beautiful and cut in it, y'all. Um, you know, I, I certainly appreciate that they're there and I watch them. But it's been so long since we've had a good soap opera. And it's been so long since we've had a good soapy, like, just, oh, wonderful celebrity takedown storyline. So I'm excited to keep following this one. Um, so, of course, I'm going to stay on top of this and um, bring you all the latest developments as I hear them. But for right now, I need to take a break and I'll be right back. And I am back. So, one of the saving graces of Bed Rest is obviously watching TV. Um, you know, I have consumed more TV um, these past few weeks than I think I ever have in my life. Um, I have seen just every Kelly Clarkson show that has um, been produced. <laughs> Don't judge me. <laughs> uh, I've also watched, rewatched, I should say, the Will and Grace reboot. Um, and frankly, you could tell that something was off in season two. The later half of season two, uh, I don't know, like, with with a couple of exceptions, the the chemistry just seemed off to me. I want you guys to tell me what you think, though, so at me... Um, on Facebook at Author Ed Anderson, um, on Insta at Author Ed Anderson, on Twitter at Author Ed A. Let me know what you think. Like, was something off about the Will and Grace reboot starting in, like, halfway through season two? Uh, of course, with some exceptions. Um, but, one of the other things I did was, I got caught up on the Connors. Now, Connors is one of those shows where I actually really enjoy it. Um, I actually really enjoyed the Roseanne reboot. 
Um, but I completely understand where um, ABC execs were coming from when they said that they couldn't continue to work with Roseanne uh, tweeting out the racist stuff that she was doing. Um, so when I watched Connors, like, I personally love John Goodman, Sarah Gilbert, and um, Laurie Metcalf. Um, and those, those three, along with uh, Lacey Gorison, really, really just make the show. Um, but one of the things I noticed um, with the newly completed season two was uh, Katie Seagal, which I had told you guys last year, uh, that they were trying to lure her um, over, and she appeared in 13 of the 19 episodes. I'm hearing, um, even though her show, Rebel, was uh, picked up to series by ABC, they are working out a way for her to continue on um, on the show. Uh, they probably won't get another 13 episodes out of her, uh, given the time constraints that a drama has, uh, as opposed to a sitcom. Um, and especially since she's going to be the title character in the new show. But ABC is really high on her, and they really um, like the dynamic of John Goodman and Katie Seagull. So they are working on a way to make sure that... Um, they're working on a way to make sure that they can um, continue Dan and Louise's relationship. Uh, and everyone over at the Connors really loves Katie. Uh, even though she's like the newbie per se, uh, she's really bonded with all of them in a unique and fun way. That's why she was part of the live episode. I was talking to my source over at ABC about it. I'm like, you know, it seemed kind of weird, like that they would have, that they had her um, for the live episode. And she said the cast really insisted in when they talked to her about it, she was on board. Um, so when I asked my ABC source about whether or not Katie actually wanted to return to the Connors, her answer was kind of telling she said that Katie is trying to um, help them find a way to make this happen. Because she feels if, for some reason, the her new drama, ABC Rebel, or I'm sorry, ABC's Rebel, um, doesn't light the ratings fireworks that they're hoping for, she can segue into being a full-time cast member on the Connors. Um, Sarah Gilbert, who stars as Darlene and is also an executive producer on the show, is said to be in favor of this. Um, John Goodman is... Uh, he's in favor of it, but he's also concerned about Roseanne's reaction to uh, her TV husband moving on uh, in what may feel like a really um, rushed way. And 
my ABC source says that, first of all, Roseanne has no say. Um, so even if she is upset about it, that's not going to change the trajectory of the story because um, Roseanne is not part of the production team any longer. But, and here is where um, things get a little interesting, if you will. They are working um, to make sure that uh, if Katie becomes a full-time cast member, that it feels natural and, and right. So they said, you know, they're... They're not going to be rushing into marriage. They're not going to um, do anything like that. They want to tell the story in such a way that it doesn't complicate. It doesn't complicate the lives of the characters. It enriches them. Uh, to that end, the rivalry between Jackie and Louise uh, is likely to not come to an end. But transform. Um, They're going to be friends, but they're not going to be besties. And they're still going to have moments where they argue and fight. uh, Just like Rosie and... Just like Roseanne and Jackie did. Um, And they're trying to work out a way for... um, Louise and Darlene to have a more natural relationship. Um... You know, a lot of people thought it was very odd that Darlene and Becky were pushing their dad um, to be with this woman. Uh, So they're trying to uh, not um, retcon what happened, but they're trying to find a way to explain why it happened. Uh, So these are the things that the writers are discussing and frankly concerned about right now. Um, ABC officially has no comment, but my source um, said uh, with the Connors being their number one sitcom, their number one comedy, they're going to do everything in their power to protect and nurture it. Um, And they're I had read that there was um, some kind of proposed um, crossover um, with A Marian Housewife. I'm going to emphatically say, uh, per my ABC source, that's not going to happen. <laughs> uh, the sensibilities of the two shows are, are very different. Uh, but even, even putting all that to the side, because there are enough similarities where it could work... Like my source said, there's there's just no way in the in this era of COVID, um, and social distancing and all that other jazz, um, to legitimately make a crossover work. Uh, you know, if this was something like the Goldbergs and Schooled, or um, something of that sort there might be a way to uh, make it happen, but as it stands, there's just no way. 
So, there you go. Uh, I'm going to take a break, and I will be right back. And I'm back. So, uh, we were just talking about Katie Seagal. Uh, and I also talked to my LA source, or my ABC source, rather, about the new season of Dancing with the Stars. Uh, you all know I don't watch. Um, I watched the season with Lance Bass and Susan Lucci, and frankly, that was it. That's all. There's really no one, unless they can get, like, Britney or Madonna, or Miss Jackson, if you're nasty. Um, like, if they could get someone like that to come in and do it, I would totally tune in again. Uh, but, with the current state of things, and the biggest name they're, they're drawing is Chriselle Staus. No, I'm good, thank you. Um, but I wanted, I originally wanted to know about Tyra Banks because, y'all know, I... I'm always interested when there seems to be a scandal effort. And the whole Tabergeron um, firing and um, Tyra Banks hiring had the hallmarks of a scandal. Not so. Um, we've already talked about why Tom Bergeron was really fired. For those of you who didn't hear the segment... Uh, basically, he had spoken out and said that he thought them casting Sean Spicer was a travesty and should not have uh, happened. ABC took offense to this, uh, and some execs decided that uh, Tom needed to be removed from hosting. Uh, in the words of one executive, he needs to know that his job is... To let us know who's dancing and get the judges' scores, and that's it. So, but there is a scandal with Derek Ho, Huff, or however you say his name, taking the place of Lynn Goldman. So, apparently, th- there really was. A conflict with Lynn um, coming back and forth. This has been an ongoing issue for years now. But they never replaced him at the judges' table. They always found ways around it. So this year, or this season, since they were already shaking things up, they wanted to try bringing Derek in. Uh, and, their, and their argument was, because someone, um, one producer has said, well, you know, we've already tried bringing in a professional dancer as a judge. Um, you know, in, when Julianne Hoff did it, why would it be different with Derek? So the argument was, Derek has won more mirror ball trophies than anybody else. And if anyone is qualified to sit in at the judges' table, it's him. So they were like, this is the perfect. And it's not that Lynn is fired, technically. 
they're playing it off as though he's just sidelined uh, for for the moment. But uh, with the ratings being decent, um, last Monday it debuted uh, to the highest ratings in years. Um, and this week, um, when it moved to Tuesdays just for one night, the ratings didn't fall as far as I thought. They they still fell further than the same episode last season, but they're kind of um, forgiving that a little bit because it did move to another night, uh, a, a lower trafficked night, um, and the, they were expecting it to um, fall much lower. So they are at pleased as punch right now with how things are shaping up, and my ABC source said. Um, at one meeting about the primetime schedule, they were told, prepare yourselves uh, for for a shitstorm when it's announced that Lynn's not coming back and Derek is permanently taking his place. So, <clears throat> how will all this happen? And how do you know that this is true? Because I always get people who are like, well, just because you say it doesn't mean it's true, or just because you have a source doesn't mean it's true. Look at the sequence of events right now. Derek Hoff just signed an overall deal with ABC Studios. You don't do that for someone who's just uh, pensioning for, for a star. You do that for someone who you plan on being in business with for a very long time. And you don't... You don't necessarily invest all this money advertising his joining the judges' table. So this, they're playing a long game here uh, in terms of Lynn being out and Derek being in. And notice, um, the other thing I wanted to say, and this was um, not from my source, this was actually from some of the comments I read um, as I was putting this story together. Uh, In the season premiere, Lynn, you know, did a video, and Tyra tried to play it off as though he were live. It was quite clear he was not live. It was quite clear that this was a tape. Now, there's nothing wrong with it. We're living in the COVID-19 era, uh, where very little is actually going to be live, if anything. You know, all it takes is one cough or one sneeze... Uh, to get a whole production shut down. So t- pre-taping things is going to be the standard going forward. At least until there's a vaccine. But there's also no reason to lie. The audience is smart enough to know that... Um, the audience is smart enough to know that this is not live, that Lynn is probably pre-taped this and was just trying to, you know, uh, wish his pals good luck. So, and that, I hear, it was all Tyra. She wanted to play it off like, oh, yeah, this is live. And the producers thought it was stupid, but they just let her go because it made it seem more real somehow. So, 
getting back to Derek in our exclusive, um, Derek will be, of course, putting together some uh, reality competition shows. Uh, he might be joining some reality competition shows. Uh, rumor has it uh, that he wants to put together another dance competition which would take the place of Dancing with the Stars for the spring cycle. Nothing's official yet. Um, but <coughs> and he definitely wanted it to be a companion to American Idol. We don't know how that's going to work yet. Uh, my source said that the the higher-ups were iffy on the prospect um, because they do a splashy, big advertising campaign for American Idol. Um, as it is, and while they are looking for, uh, you know, another show to fill the void, they're not positive that it should be another dance show. Um, as it is, there's Dancing with the Stars, a World of Dance on NBC, So You Think You Can Dance over on Fox, and frankly, none of the shows are doing very well in the ratings. Uh, Dancing with the Stars is seeing a resurgence um, and popularity, um, which they're attributing to Tyra Banks and Derek Hoff. But, um, you know, World of Dancing basically grabs the ratings because of America's Got Talent and the star power of Jennifer Lopez. So You Think You Can Dance is on the bubble every single year. Um, <clears throat> Each year could be its last. Um, and I don't think anyone would really blink. Uh, because I don't think anyone really watches it anymore. Um, so they're kind of... They're looking at the current trends and they're looking at... Um, they're looking at the current trends and they're trying to decipher. Because, of course, um, everyone said that American Idol was going to uh, be a bit a massive flop. And it's actually done fairly fairly well for ABC. So their their argument is, well, if it's the right format, if it's the right kind of... Um, if it's the right format and the, with the right talent, maybe we can get this, give this a go. Of course, I'll stay on top of this story as it develops. But for right now, I'll be right back. And I'm back. And all summer, we've been talking about Ellen's big crisis. Um, there were so many think pieces and whatnot produced. It, it's not even funny. It's like a cottage industry at this point. Um, you know, and most of the think pieces are along the same lines. Can Ellen's brand be saved? And I understand why. Um, you know, because Ellen herself is a cottage industry. Uh, she has her HGTV show, or she had one, I believe. Um, she has, um, shows in the pipeline for NBC and other various networks. Um, she has her Ellen's Game of Games on NBC. And then, of course, her talk show. Uh, and that seems to be the... That seems to be the piece that everyone is most concerned about. <clears throat> and so she launched her new season by 
addressing these claims head on. Uh, the, these claims of a toxic work environment, sexual harassment, among other things. What she failed to note was that she was largely aware of this. She has had, in Hollywood circles, she has had this reputation of being the queen of mean for many, many years. Um, And I've said multiple times over the course of our discussions about Ellen that... Frankly, I think she wanted to lean into it. I wrote an article um, last November-ish after her um, stand-up special was released on Netflix. Um, It's called Relatable. And in the article, I posit that she wants to kind of shrug off this queen of nice... And become more of a mean comic. Um, I don't mean like, you know, Kathy Griffin taking aim at celebrities mean. But I think she wants to do more adult-oriented humor. (coughs) Um, And, you know, the, the Be Nice, or the Be Kind brand just was kind of stifling her creatively. I get it. I really get it. But I also want her to come forward and be honest. So staffers immediately after um, were complaining, and my LA source actually talked to a couple of them, and they all said the same thing. The culture has not changed. Things are just as bad now as they were before the scandal hit. The only saving grace is the sexual harassment did go away. Ellen was not involved um, in that. And uh, several of the staffers actually conceded that there's a good chance she had no idea uh, what was going on. So... But they said, you know, as far as the bullying and the and the meanness and uh, all that, she knew. She knew. And she perpetuated it several times. Is um she she came along <laughs> she perpetuated it by telling staffers that they could not look her in the eye. By telling the guest that they had to praise her. And, you know, the whole thing is, when it comes to Ellen, you either love her or you don't. Um, I'm not seeing a lot of middle of the road here. You know, I I am, and I told Will this um, when I pitched the story, I'm very conflicted because, yes, she's a trailblazer. Um, She's a trailblazer for LGBTQ people. Um, You know, she risked her career and, frankly, her life by coming out when she did. But I also don't like... 
I also don't like how she thinks she speaks for the LGBTQ community. Um, in terms of forgiving people and whatnot, like that bothers me a lot because I don't forgive Kevin Hart for for his homophobic and nasty comments about his son. You know, I don't think he his career should be derailed because of it. I just won't personally watch anything with him in it. And that's my that's my right. That's my choice. I'm not saying anyone else needs to. Um but you know, there there's something to be said for um her knowing her place and I don't I just feel like she thinks uh, she's queen gay and can do anything and everything she wants. But it's, and this is just breaking now and I'm working on getting more, um, more information on it. But, um, it's being reported that TMZ and Warner Media um, is facing another, um, sexual harassment and toxic work environment lawsuit. Um, the defendant whose name I can't seem to find claims that while she worked at TMZ, uh, she had pitched several stories which were all shot down. And when she was assigned a story, she wrote it up, gave it to her male editor, and he send it back with corrections which standard procedure however she um, got a hold of another uh, employee's article and there were just as many errors but that went to print and hers did not and when she complained about it she was basically told that he was her superior and uh, she needed to uh, understand that and follow the chain of command. So she she jumped to HR where she got reprimanded for talking to HR. Now, I actually know someone who worked um, at TMZ. I'm not going to say his name. But he has confirmed that this was the way the um, that the way TMZ is run. It's an old, old boys club, and if you have a, if you are a female, you're not welcome to join. They will hire you, but you're going to follow their rules to the T, or you're going to be fired. Uh, he also, he also said that if you look at some of the, um, the big breaking stories, uh, they're almost never written by females. I haven't um, actually gone and looked at the stories that they've broken, but seeing as he worked there, I would argue that he knows, um, and probably knows better than than most of us do, Uh, and he said that he, um, because obviously he's a male, he enjoyed his time there, Um, but looking back on it, he admitted that he can see why the females have such a 
difficult time um, with it. And so I asked my LA source, who is different from um, the guy who worked at TMZ, if this was just an overall thing with Warner Media, because the Ellen Show, um, now uh, TMZ and, and Warner Media, it seems to be that there's some sort of um, culture at um, Warner. And he said that he's also looking into it because he knew I was going to ask. I guess I'm predictable that way. <laughs> but um, he said, from what he can see, uh, it's very possible that this is a conglomerate-wide issue. Uh, and that AT&T will have to go in and start to remove um, not just the bad apples, but remove those who are helping perpetrate it um, if they want to stay competitive in the entertainment field. And obviously they do, because it's very lucrative. (laughs) But I'm going to stay on top of both the Ellen story and the TMZ lawsuit, and I will bring you any developments as we get them. For right now, though, I'm taking a break, and I'll be right back. And I am back. <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. Y'all just need to forgive me. Um, bed rest has not been fun for me at all. <laughs> I know, like, <laughs> I know people, like, my best friend tells me all the time that people in my position would normally be thrilled. Um, but I'm not, because I actually like my job. <laughs> um, and while I've been able to do it and I've been able to continue recording... Um, I've been able to continue recording Drunk Gossip. I I, I miss um, being out with people and, you know, um, I I miss going to coffee shops, but I was missing that way before bed rest, so. (laughs) Um, You know, writing in bed is not always fun. (laughs) Um, Even though I used to write about people in bed all the time. (laughs) All right, I don't know what kind of segue that was. You're going to have to forgive me. (laughs) We have to talk about Megan McCain, and I really don't want to. Can you all tell? Um, Okay, goodness. Goodness gracious. So, Megan McCain... um, uh, as we talked about in the in the review episode, uh, and we also um, have been talking about her for every week for months now. It seems like uh, is it's just not a pleasant person. Um, yeah, and I know people say the same thing about me, but um, I don't have to be pleasant unless I'm recording because. Who's going to make me? <laughs> but, okay, um, you know, just behind the scenes, um, she's very combative. I mean, she's combative in front of the camera, of course, but she's even worse behind the scenes. And so I was talking to my source because 
Um, last season, she feuded with all of her fellow co-hosts. Um, and I just don't quite understand why. Um, and I think you know what I mean. Like, I get it. Just because you work with someone doesn't mean you're friends with that person, right? I mean... You know, it it just so happens that Will and I are friends. And that's great, but it doesn't... It could have gone the complete opposite way. Of course, he wouldn't be part of the podcast, but I, I digress. Um... So, uh, I, when I asked my source about, like, why Megan was feuding with everyone, she thought, my source said, that Megan thinks that it makes good TV. Okay, um, I don't agree with her, but I'll go along with it. You know, of course we all love some drama, and we all love some good gossip, otherwise we wouldn't be here, right? Well... And, you know, honestly, if it was just an act, I would almost be like, all right, I see you. I get it. But it's it's not an act. Um, and I think that's the, the most troubling thing about this is it's not an act. She, um, she really feuds with him. She gets really angry with her co-host. So... I don't know if you all have been watching, but um, this week, she and Sarah Haynes really seem to be going at one another hard. Um, most recently, it was over uh, uh, Trump's um, potential Supreme Court pick. Um, I, I just remember her last name is... Or, her middle name is Coney, which is a hot dog, and I think Joy made the <laughs> Joy made the same um, Joy made the same joke. But so, you know, they were arguing, and um, literally, no one is going after the over at this judge for her religion, as Megan keeps saying. And Sarah was basically like, "Hey, look, I don't care what religion she practices." I just don't think it should be brought in and helped to shape the law. And apparently this woman has said before that she feels that it should and whatever, blah, blah, blah. So Megan and Sarah just get into this fight. And after the show, they continued. And producers stepped in and said, hey, like, stop it. Like, y'all are being ridiculous at this point. And Sarah wanted to say something, and the producer just took her to say something. We know it's not you. We know it's not you. Just take a deep breath. We love you. We wanted you back. When Megan complained that it seemed like Sarah was getting special treatment, she was told that she needed to watch her behavior. On today's episode, which is Thursday... Um, September 24th, part of the premiere, um, 
it's not it's not really premiere week anymore, but it's still you know very much part of the um, the celebration of premiering. Megan was nowhere to be found. Um, it was just Joy, Whoopi, Sunny, and Sarah. <clears throat> and there was no substitute. So I asked my source if Megan was once again suspended. And my source didn't say anything. Which to me was an acknowledgement. <laughs> because she's really good about... Um, my source is very, very good about acknowledging things without acknowledging. I also asked if it was a planned day off, and to that she answered, if it was a planned day off, there would have been another co-host. There would have been another co-host to take her seat. So, with that answer, I think we we all know that Megan got in trouble. Uh, and here's the thing, and one of the producers said to Megan, you need to stop spouting the Fox News propaganda. Give us your opinion. And Megan tried to argue that it was her opinion. And so the producer looked at her and said, so you really think you're speaking... For the entire middle of America. You don't think that there's anyone who dissents with your your view. And Megan didn't say anything. And the producer goes, because I can tell you, you do not speak for everyone. You don't even speak for all the conservatives or all the Republicans out there. And this really upset Megan, who basically shut off her her video conference equipment and has not spoken to anyone since. Um, so we know she was suspended. Uh, I don't know for how long. Um, it's possible she'll be back tomorrow. Um... It's possible that they taped tomorrow's episode ahead of time. They normally tape um, a Friday episodes on Thursday. Um, so it's, it's also quite possible that she... It's also quite possible that she won't be on tomorrow. Um, but she was definitely suspended for at least one episode here. Um, but there, right now, the biggest unknown is... When she's going to give birth. Uh, you know, the... Once again, Whoopi did not address her absence. Just that she didn't... Um, just before the season finale. In, um, in July. Um, which... It seems par for the course when it's... Um, when it's a, a, a suspension... Uh, because any other time it would be like, you know, Megan's not here, she had a doctor's appointment, or she was feeling under the weather, or whatever. Um, and Joy usually, on Fridays, addresses um, Whoopi's absence by saying, you know, it's Friday and Whoopi has the day off, yada yada, whatever. 
so, um, the biggest unknown is when she's going to give birth and when they're going to be able to get rid of her. Um, I asked my source just before I started recording this um, if there was any movement on that front. And they said that they have a, a conservative voice in mind, but they're waiting um, to, for a deal to sign, and then they have to negotiate Megan's exit with her. <clears throat> and it's very likely that um, her exit will be uh, very quiet. Um, they may have her back on for one final farewell episode uh, after her maternity leave. Or they might just have her pop in to say, you know, I love you guys, but being a mom is more important to me right now. Uh, and everyone truly believes that that's what she's going to go with, is I need more time to be with my baby. So, we are going to obviously stay on top of the story and let you know what happens as it develops. But for right now... Oh, that's it for me. There's no more. <laughs> Ooh, surprise. I'm telling you, bed rest messes with my head, y'all. <laughs> All right. Um, since I completely screwed that up, thank y'all so much for listening, as always. Uh, Will is coming up with Paula Talk next. And until we talk again, cheers. Hey folks, welcome back to Politalk. Before we begin, I have a small apology to make. In our last episode, I told you that I was planning on covering a series of suspicious transactions that went through the U.S. and United Kingdom financial systems last week. I can give you a minor update on that story, namely that a number of bankers involved were helping North Korea get access to the financial system despite sanctions against them. However, I won't be able to cover that in any more depth, because that story was pretty quickly eclipsed by, um, yes, the President of the United States threatening to throw out mail-in ballots and telling his supporters that if the ballots went away, there wouldn't be a problem, there wouldn't be a transfer of power. Obviously, Donald Trump has refused to, or more accurately, stated that he would refuse to accept a result where he lost, he would refuse to concede. He's made such statements before, many times. Specifically in the 2016 election, where he told us he would keep us in suspense about whether or not he would concede defeat if he lost the election. This set of comments, is a most recent set of comments from him, is a little more worrying, however, because A, he's the president now, B, he's playing into a months-long conspiracy to immediately discredit the election if it looks like a lot of uh, mail-in ballots are going to go Democratic, or if he's ahead on election night. And C, he now has the power to appoint a new Supreme Court justice, which is a problem because the Supreme Court often has an outsized role to play in resolving disputed elections, as they did in 2000. Many observers have speculated that Trump intends to use the court to give himself the win, even if he loses the popular or electoral vote, by creating as much confusion and chaos as possible leading up to the 
cutoff point and then suing his own government to force states to appoint electors who will then hand him the election. The possible nominee everybody's talking about, Amy Coney Barrett, has kept pretty mum on the subject and, as far as I can tell, hasn't, has avoided even being questioned about it. But the fact that he's willing to appoint her at all says has sparked quite a bit of speculation. As I mentioned on in our last episode, Barrett is a noted far-right conservative Christian who currently serves on the 7th Court of Appeals, 7th District Court of Appeals. She's a member of a, an extremist Christian sect that reportedly believes, among other things, that wives should submit to their husbands in all things, and she is a noted opponent of abortion and Roe v. Wade. She's also expressed in, in the past a sentiments dismissive of court precedents, claiming that she sees no reason to follow a earlier precedent if it seems to be at odds with constitutional law, or at least her interpretation of it. The fact that uh, Trump is pushing ahead with, well, realistically, any appointment he could make to Ruth Bader Ginsburg's seat, but potentially Barrett in particular, has drawn a huge amount of scorn and ire from Ginsburg's supporters and progressive and democratic activists. Notably, people who attended Ginsburg's funeral booed Trump when he showed up for a short time earlier today, chanting, vote him out repeatedly at the president who slunk off to the side of the building and stayed fairly far away from the rest of the crowd or and even the cameras. Much more virulent and widespread unrest erupted across the nation Wednesday night following the announcement of the charges in the Breonna Taylor case. One officer was charged with wanton endangerment for repeatedly firing into a neighbor's house after sneaking back behind the apartment. No charges were filed against the other two officers. The decision sparked massive waves of protest across the United States, with the biggest ones in Louisville and Seattle. Louisville in particular was racked by deadly violence after the reveal. Shortly after 9 o'clock last night, gunfire broke out at one of the marches, and two responding officers were shot. Both are alive and expected to make full recoveries, and the suspect has been taken into custody, but the Louisville Police Department has released no further information on the suspect or any potential motives. Seattle saw no gun attacks. However, 13 protesters were arrested for various charges, including resisting arrest and assaulting an officer, and there were a number of reports of excessive force used by police coming out of Seattle. In particular, one was attached to a video of an officer riding his bike over a helmeted man's head. That's all the news for this week. Tune in next time to see what the Kentucky government will do to alleviate the protests besides activate the National Guard. And to hear my thoughts on Trump's nominee to replace Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who he plans to announce this week after RBG is done lying in state. Thank you all for tuning in. Cheers.